This is T.M. Camp, and you're listening to the podcast edition of my novel, Assam and Darjeeling. Book One, Exiles. Chapter 16, Edgar Snaps. There was something there behind Edgar's dark eyes, in the way he snapped his fingers at the waiter to have a chair brought for G. There was something cruel inside of him, something old and damaged hiding behind that gap-toothed smile. He was missing more than just the front two, she noticed as she sat down. He looked like a jack-o'-lantern that had been left out too long after Halloween, starting to cave in and blacken with rot. Edgar gestured to the chair and G sat down stiffly, more than a little intimidated by the elegance of the table and fiercely determined not to show it to the odd boy sitting across from her. He lifted a crystal goblet and, eyeing her over the rim, took a sip. "'You can call me Edgar,' he said. His voice was raspy, almost hoarse. G wondered if he had a cold. "'Edgar what?' he smiled. "'And what's your name?' She shrugged. "'I don't remember.' What's that supposed to mean? He asked her. I can't remember. You can't remember what it means, or you can't remember what your name is? She shrugged again. I can't remember a more polite way not to answer your question. Which one? Which what? Which question? She shrugged again. I can't remember. He blinked, leaned forward in his seat slightly. I said, I'm Edgar. I heard you. I already know your name. His eyes narrowed. Ow. She told me. Who? He took another sip of his wine. Sarah, the waitress. And did she tell you that I'm not someone you want to make angry? No. Why? G picked at a scrap of strawberry stuck between her teeth, examined her thumbnail. Do you get angry a lot? He froze, the glass halfway to his lips. His mouth twisted suddenly as though the wine had been very sour. For a moment, she thought that he might throw it in her face. Then, abruptly, he laughed. It was a wild, animal sound, and it gave her the shivers. It was a laugh she would hear for years afterwards, waking up from nightmares. Sometimes I do, he said, setting down his glass, but not as often as you think. Will you like some wine? No, thank you, she said, even though she would have liked it very much to try it, to join him in his little pretend grown-up game. Suit yourself. Can I offer you anything else? He gestured to the plates on the table, remnants of mashed potatoes and scraps of meat soggy with blood. No, she said, her stomach turning over. No, thank you. I had waffles. He smiled, and instantly she realized she would have to be careful what she said to him. Anything, any detail he got his teeth into, he would tear at it like a dog with a bone. I've never been fond of waffles, he told her. They're too sweet for me, and I don't understand them. Well, sure, they're pretty complicated. They're candy, pretending to be food. It's what parents give to little children at fancy breakfasts, when they want to keep them quiet while the grown-ups have their coffee and talk. 
But you like them, you said. She shrugged. They're all right. They're not my favorite or anything. You have a favorite? He practically nipped at her, looking for something to get his teeth into. Not really. Well, you're young. He picked at his plate and popped a scrap of bloody gristle into his mouth, licking his fingertips like a cat. I'm more of a steak and egg man myself. She did her best not to roll her eyes. I'd come by where I come from, he said to her. Eggs might put in an appearance one in a while, but we never saw any meat. At least, not anything you call food. And steak wasn't even a dream back then. He took another sip of wine. G ignored the obvious invitation to ask a question. Even though she had opened the door to this conversation, she was going to do her best to keep from walking through it herself. So now, he said with a sigh, I order it whenever I can. Not tonight, he smiled. Tonight, I felt more like roast beef. Tonight you look like roast beef, she thought to herself. They sat for a moment, looking at each other. Edgar took up his fork and, stabbing at the stray bits of fat and gristle on his plate, filled his mouth. He said, chewing, You'll pray. She was getting tired of shrugging, but it was probably safer than kicking him in the face. He speared a chunk of potato. But you're not as pretty up close as I thought you'd be. Neither are you. It was out of her mouth before she could stop herself. His knuckles went white around the fork in his fist. She held his gaze, ready to fight or ready to run. Then he laughed, spraying bits of forced good humor and half-chewed food across the table. Then, just as abruptly, he stopped, slamming his hand down on the tabletop, rattling the dishes and crystal. Everyone in the restaurant went silent. G glanced over to her brother. He had half risen in his seat. She stared at him, willing him to sit back down. When he had, she turned her attention back to Edgar. The boy had regained his composure somewhat, but it was still there, the rage, underneath the surface. She could see it, waiting. He might snap at any minute. I can help you, you know. He stared at her, idly tracing his fingertip through the gravy and blood on his plate. Can you? He licked the tip of his fingers and snapped them. Almost immediately, a waiter appeared and cleared the plate away. Edgar snapped his fingers again, never taking his eyes off of hers as another waiter swept in and removed the candles. Snap, the silverware was gone. Snap, the dishes clattered away in a rush. Snap, 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 again and again and again. He leaned back, still staring into her eyes. Snap. In a flurry, the table was as before. Paper placemats, paper napkins in their silver container, salt and pepper shakers to one side, ketchup bottle and sugar packets on the other. The jukebox wheezed to life with a groan, muttering as it picked up speed halfway through a song she recognized, Me and My Shadow. Somewhere, someone turned the lights back up again, and conversation resumed around them. Snap. A new waiter appeared. A grotesquely tall woman with stringy hair and rotten teeth. Hella. That was what her name tag said. Get you something, 
she asked, pad and pencil in her hand. Her nails, G noticed, were encrusted with dirt. Edgar shook his head. No, thank you. He looked back to G. Anything for you, my treat. Maybe some more waffles. She shook her head, desperately wanting to punch him. Suit yourself. He stood up as the waitress moved off. See you around. She looked up at him and then slowly stood up. She was taller than he was by at least a foot, but it didn't seem to bother him as much as she wanted it to. I could help you, he told her again, and it wouldn't cost you oddly anything. How much? She thought of the look on her brother's face when Sarah put the check down on the table. Nothing at all, he said. At least, nothing expensive. She narrowed her eyes. What then? He smiled like a picket fence. Nothing important. Nothing you need. Nothing you miss. He turned to go and then looked back to her. Trust me. I can help. Ask around. Everybody knows me. He smiled and gestured to the tables around them. No one would meet G's gaze. Say you around. Snap. She turned at the sound. Edgar was gone. G went back over to the table and sat down across from her brother. There was a fresh malt sitting at her place. She took a sip. It was a little runny from sitting too long. Who was that? What did you talk about? Assam sounded a lot like her father, she noticed. I have, she said, answering both of his questions at once. No idea at all. You've been listening to Assam and Darjeeling, written and performed by T.M. Camp. A new chapter from the book is available each week, free to download at the iTunes Store. To find out more about Assam and Darjeeling, to read my weblog, or to send me your questions and feedback, visit my website at www.tmcamp.com. I hope to hear from you. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you soon. This podcast was written, performed, and produced by T.M. Camp and may not be copied, distributed, transcribed, or otherwise reproduced without his express written permission. To receive permission, please contact the author directly by holding up a mirror beneath the full moon one night past its wane and whispering your request into the left ear of your own reflection.
or in the usual manner at www.tmcamp.com. Unless otherwise noted, all contents of this production are copyright 2007. TM Camp. All rights reserved.